It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Chopping It Up. I'm your host, Mike Halen. I'm the Senior Restaurant and Food Service Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. Today, we're joined by Beto Guajardo, CEO of Blaze Pizza. Thanks for doing this, Beto. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So can you start out uh, by telling us a bit about your career background and then what attracted you to Blaze Pizza? Yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, You know, coming out of graduate school at Northwestern, I ended up spending about 10 years uh, in professional services with uh, Deloitte and McKinsey. And that actually then kind of led me into this track of being a corporate strategist. And I led corporate strategy for some of the world's most iconic brands, uh, Levi Strauss, Avon Cosmetics, and Starbucks Coffee Company. Um, While I was at Starbucks, one of my mentors, actually the CFO, said to me one day, you really need to go run a company. And that actually led me to an opportunity with Focus Brands to be the president of Schlotzky's and eventually the president of the international division. And while I was with the international division, you know, I thought that, well, maybe I won't be a CEO. Maybe I'm meant to be a president of a division. And of course, as soon as you think that, the phone rings. And I've always loved Blaze Pizza. Um, I love the experience that you get inside a Blaze Pizza store. I love the fact that you can make it your own. Uh, it was always one of my favorite pizzas, and so when I met the team, you know, it was a uh, relationship made in the stomach. <laughs> Very cool. Um, can you give the audience a little bit of history about Blaze? Uh, you know, talk a little bit about the service model and and the menu. Yeah. So Blaze was actually founded in 2011 by Rick and Elise Wetzel here in Pasadena, and their idea. Uh, was basically, for lack of a better word, create the subway of pizzas, right? And that for one price, you can make your own pizza and have as many toppings as you would like. As you know, traditional pizza experiences, uh, you pick the size of your pizza, and then every topping that you want is going to cost you another 2 to $5, right? Yeah. Well, Blaze introduced this idea that for a build-your-own pizza, You could pick the proteins you wanted. You could pick the vegetables that you wanted. You get to pick a crust. You get to pick a sauce. You get to pick your cheeses. And you're truly making your own pizza. As a matter of fact, when it works really well, and I hope to make this happen someday, I want Mike to be able to come into a Blaze Pizza and say, hey, I want the Mike special. And that's a pizza that you created. We like to say 
anybody who has an enjoyment for great flavor can be a pizza artist. And at Blaze, that specialty experience of making it your own and doing so, Mike, doing so in an experience that's under 180 seconds. So when it's done right, it almost feels magical that you've just created a pizza, it's been fired up in that oven, and it's being handed to you by the time you got your own drink. And that's Blaze. Yeah, that's that's very cool. How many uh, restaurants does Blaze um, own, operate, or franchise right now, and, and where are you strong geographically? Yeah, we have about 330 stores, uh, Mike, and our biggest markets are actually in Florida and California, um, but you know, don't tell that to Texas, if you know what I mean. Um, and then we've got stores, uh, essentially, I believe in 35 different states. And we also have uh, several international markets as well. So what's the, uh, what's the mix of company-owned versus franchised? And, and where do you think the sweet spot is for Blaze? Yeah, great question. You know, it's, it's an interesting um, financial analysis to do based on store profitability and cost to build a new restaurant and what your investors are seeking uh, with regards to annual growth. Um, you see in a lot of concepts, you know, McDonald's is a great one, right, where uh, they basically held on to about 30% of their company-owned stores and eventually went down to 20 and eventually down to 10, and now it's like almost all franchise, right? Yeah. Then you look at someone like Chipotle, and it's all company-owned stores because the stores are so profitable. What I learned in this industry, Mike, is that if you can deliver four-wall profitability of above 16 to 18% based on your cost of capital, you're probably better off actually owning that store versus being in a franchise model. But if the four-wall profitability is going to be less than that, then you let someone else invest their capital who doesn't need as high of a return. Currently, uh, we've got about 10 company-owned stores, and I believe the sweet spot's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood you know, of around 15 to 20%. Okay. Okay, so how are you going to hit the 15 to 20%? Are you looking to buy out some franchisees? Are you going to build, your, build them yourself? What's the plan right now? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Um, I can't get into the specific details, but suffice to say, um, we have been approached by a number of developers with opportunities to actually build our own stores that would be company-owned. And that includes some non-traditional locations as well, by the way, um, which is a lot of fun. And though we do show up in, in several airports, um, it's definitely a place that we want to be more, as well as you know what I like to think of as locations where we might not necessarily have access to the real estate, right? So if we can you know partner with the developers and get access into that real estate, then we can operate them ourselves. It's one example. Two, the system is about you know twelve years old, right? And um, industry best practices is that you are. Uh, uh, improving your location every three to five years with a m modest uh, uh, remodel and then probably a massive remodel you know in the seven to ten year time period. Some of our franchisees find themselves now at that threshold of do I want to invest additional capital and remodel the store? It's interesting because those franchisees that really see themselves as operators with an investment 
want to be operators with an investment. And those franchisees who are investors, who have other operators, oftentimes are like, well, now I want to try something else. And so they're approaching us with an opportunity to say, hey, would you guys like to take over? And it's happening in two different ways. So we are actually in the process of acquiring some of our franchisee stores, but we are also in the process of helping some of our franchisees sell to new investors. Cool. And so can you talk a little bit about where, where the locations are, um, uh, you know, and, and a little bit about the box and if there's been any, you know, discussions about maybe changing the box or the way you get customers their food based on, you know, the pl- proliferation of off-premise and the popularity of drive-throughs over the last couple of years. But, you know, I'd imagine that you, you, you assemble and bake these pizzas, you know, fast enough that, that it gives you some options. Great question. Since the pandemic, the guest experience in a restaurant has dramatically changed, especially in QSR and fast casual. More and more orders, and this is nothing new, everyone knows this, right? Coming in online, I wanna place my order ahead of time, I wanna come into the store and pick it up, or I wanna deliver to me. At one point in time, let's go back to 2018, Um, we were closer to 90% of all of our orders were placed in the store for an in-store dining experience. Fast forward through the pandemic, now we're down to about 65 or 70%, right? With 30 to 35% of our orders being placed through the app or web to be picked up or to be delivered. And so the size of our box doesn't need to be as big if it's not going to be utilized as much. Not to mention, with the cost of development, particularly interest rates, seeking smaller locations and a new store format where we can actually lean in faster, more cost-effectively into the off-premise experience. We just recently opened up a store uh, in Florida that's down to 1,700 square feet. And it is doing great, actually beating our expectations for its first three weeks of sales. And so we're going to be trying that more and more and more. I love your question on drive through by the way. And I actually do believe that with the speed of our equipment and our service levels and our capabilities, that there is an opportunity for us to lean in to being your drive through pizza experience. Yeah, that'd be cool. 1,700 square feet. How does that compare um, to how big this, the units have, uh, were historically and, and, and how much cheaper is it to build these smaller units? It's about half the size. And half the size equates to anywhere from 25 to 35% less expense to build it. That's great. And are you um, are, like in, in uh, typically located in shopping malls or are you... And, and, and things, strip malls and, and things yeah. of that nature? So the vast majority of the Blaze locations um, are either in standalone buildings themselves or in line uh, in strip malls. But we also have locations within traditional malls as well. Um, you know, I, I do believe that we can win in any one of these type of real estate plays. Uh, 
the most important thing um, is that we are focusing our investments, you know, on A, maybe B, real estate, and we don't get greedy with C. And oftentimes, you know, the development partners that we are in business with, they have ideas of where the traffic patterns are going to be in a year or two years from now. And so based on the you know, software that we have and the tools that we use and the insights that we have with some of our development partners, um, I think you're going to see us continue uh, both inline and standalone locations going forward. Okay, cool. Uh, is By there the any... way, if it's, if it's inline, I want to be on the end so I can open that drive through window. Yeah, I like it. Uh, is there any, any other unit economic data that you'd like to share? You know, I think the important thing for someone who would want to consider having a Blaze Pizza, if we can get the development cost you know, to $750,000 or less, and we can run you know, an average unit volume up to a million and a half on that investment, um, even in the first year, where you're still learning to be really efficient, right? If you're capturing, you know, 15%, let's say, uh, in profitability, you're doing a really, really good job, right? And now you're looking at what? 24 month, 18 month payback, you know, on your investment. Um, but even on a, a lower AUV, call it a million two, and, you know, a 12% four wall profitability, um, you're still looking at, you know, 24 to 36 months um, if you're running and operating correctly. That being said, uh, my team and what we're seeking is to continue to develop operating models um, and find locations where we can actually drive above that 16%. Now, I told you what my percentage of company-owned stores I want to have, but the more we can find opportunities to drive 15 to 20% four-wall profitability with that level of investment, that's just going to drive continued uh, 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 individuals seeking to invest with Blaze. And by the way, I should share with you, um, part of our plan is international expansion. And as I mentioned, I ran uh, eight brands internationally uh, before I came to Blaze Pizza. And so we are in the process, uh, Mike, of talking to potential investors in the Middle East, uh, in North and South Asia, and even in Western Europe. And I'm hoping that we'll have some good news next year around some opportunities that we're seeking um, as we discuss uh, investments uh, with these individuals. Uh, very cool. So you're looking at that uh, kind of like a master franchise model overseas? That's exactly right. That's exactly Great. right. Sell the entire territory, give them an opportunity, you know, with their knowledge and their capability um, to find the real estate. And, you know, as I know, you know, when you're talking Middle East, when you're talking, uh, you know, in Asia, um, it, it, it's in the mall. I mean, it's, it's in the mall. And oftentimes, your investors are actually the mall owners themselves um, who are going to build with you. So, yeah, a lot of excitement uh, on the Blaze Pizza team right now for what is happening internationally. Very cool. And how are, how are you identifying the countries um, that you're kind of targeting and the partners that you're targeting? Yeah, great question. Um, we actually conducted 
uh, a rather sophisticated analysis on market opportunity uh, and penetration capability. So it really starts with, you know, looking at um, what is the population's uh, acceptance of Western brands. Um, and then it is, you know, what is their disposable income, right, for a consumer level. And then it's looking at the pizza market, you know, itself. And then it's assessing also uh, risk associated with operating in that market, you know, political, economic, um, financial, um, et cetera. Um, and then based on all that, uh, we identify uh, the markets that would have, um, put it simply, uh, ease of getting into with the most opportunity, right? Ease of getting into with the most opportunity. Um, and that actually came uh, to roughly 15 international markets for us uh, that we're seeking as our first. Now, that being said, if an opportunity presents itself with a really powerful developer, we're not going to walk away. We're mm -hmm. not going to walk away. It's just that we're going to focus our sales efforts into those top 15 markets. Yeah. I could tell you've worked in international before. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great answer, and you'd be surprised how many you know public companies uh, I ask that question, and I don't get ne nearly as detailed an answer. Um, oh, thank you. So that, that's very, very cool to hear. Um, so how fast are you looking overall to build the store base from here and, and um, out, you know, excluding international, you know, where are you looking to build new stores in the United States? Are you going to continue to build out Florida and California? Or are there other markets that you're, you're really targeting right now? So, you know, one of the challenges that a lot of brands have um, when they're in their early days of growth is that they do accept um, smaller developers and consequently you end up with a store two stores and it's not enough to actually gain the leverage um, and so you have no economies of scale with your marketing dollar spend and you're spending a lot more for distribution you know how it goes yep. and so you know the philosophy that we've adopted as a team is win where you're winning win where you're winning Right? And we're winning in Florida, and we're winning in California, and we're winning in Texas. And we also have significant opportunities in the Northeast and the Midwest. But it's not going to be you know, winning in you know, small towns and trying to be the only player in town. Blaze Pizza is a concept and a model that actually works best in higher density urban areas. Um, when people are looking for something different for either lunch or dinner that's convenient to get to that's going to be fast in service and a good experience, right? Um, that's not to say that you can't come to Blaze Pizza, you know, with your family and sit down and have a nice casual, you know, dinner, um, even have a couple of drinks. But the truth of the matter is we know who our customer is, right? And we do almost as much lunch business as we do dinner business. And so it's people looking for a great healthy pizza i mean we have you know fresh ingredients in everything that we do and people appreciate the fact that they have gluten-free crust you have a cauliflower crust we have a vegan crust we have vegan cheese i mean and so on and so forth so yes we're going to win where we're winning as mentioned um we will evaluate and maybe even decline 
areas that we know are going to be too challenging for the investors to make more money. Mike, I know what my job is. It's super simple. It's to help my franchisees make more money. Yeah. Right? And if I do that, they're going to want to grow with us. And if we do that together, more people are going to hear about it and want to be a part of the Blaze Pizza family. My mentor always taught me money's, money flows to where it's treated best. So Absolutely. That's a good phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, are you or your franchisees having any, any issues finding quality real estate right now? Who is not having issues finding quality real estate right now? <laughs> right? Um, one of the big challenges, as everyone knows, because of current interest rates um, and banks' willingness you know, to lend money under the current uh, conditions is creating an atmosphere that we haven't seen, you know, in 10 years, right? And so, you know, for the individuals, um, for lack of a better word, the rich get richer <laughs> in environments like this, you know, as they've got the dollars back to create these investments. We're actually looking right now at exploring some uh, non-traditional uh, financial support for potential investors who want to be a part of Blaze. It's still early days, Mike, and I can't share with you all the details, but you can begin to imagine how an individual who might have been very successful in becoming a, bla a, a Blaze franchisee when we had real estate interest rates less than 3% now finds himself at 7% going, I don't know if I can afford this now. Yeah. There might be a way for us as a corporation to help them. Great. Good stuff. Yeah. And you have companies, competitors, other fast casual chains that have, have gotten equity money, you know, so they're uh, they're getting the pressure from Wall Street to expand and, and they're paying rents that I'm sure, you know, most franchisees wouldn't want to match. That's right. That's right. Um, has, has Have you seen financing tighten up at all? We have, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, when I look at the pipeline that I walked into, you know, back in January of this year, um, we have a model that we use that based on where we are in the stage of negotiations and contracting, we have a percentage of viability that we believe will close in the deal, right? And um, I've used this for like 10 years, and it really helps you, you know, plan for what you believe your development uh, schedule is going to look like. Over the past year, needless to say, some of those percentages that we had in the middle negotiation aspect where we're identifying real estate um, and investment have declined significantly as we can't count on them making it through the end of the pipeline. So, you know, it's not going to last forever. Um, you know, I believe the Fed is announcing that they are not raising interest rates, though they maintain the opportunity to do so in the future. We're seeing inflation coming down. The UK just reported that its inflation is down for three consecutive months. Um, you know, people are talking about a soft landing as opposed to going into a recession. And I'm not the economist, but I remain optimistic. Good. Uh, how's your staffing and turnover levels right now uh, compared to pre-pandemic? Um, I guess the way I would describe it, again, back to what we've seen, um, 
let's first talk about pre-pandemic and pandemic, right? Because that's when everything fell apart. And our turnover rate probably was up, you know, 40, 50% uh, pandemic versus pre-pandemic. Okay, now let's take a look at where we are post-pandemic. And things have improved significantly, but there remains an open market. I like to say, Mike, your guest will never have a better experience than the employees are having in the store, right? For sure. And I believe that we have a lot of opportunity to continue to improve our employee experience so that it's joyful for them to want to be a part of the Blaze team. We're not where I want us to be yet, um, but we are working on programs to improve benefits for our franchisee and their employees, our own store-owned employees, um, and helping them you know, seek the types of workers. I know this sounds crazy, Mike. I've used all kinds of tools to identify great hospitality uh, uh, resources. But one of my mentors once told me, Beto, hire for a smile. Nothing beats it hire for a smile. And so I've been sharing and teaching my franchisees about this philosophy of seeking to hire for a smile. And then also, Mike, and this is, this is, this is where not only Blaze Pizza, but the entire industry, I believe, is missing an opportunity. And that is when you hire employees, don't think of it as a job and a paycheck but spend the time with the people that you hire asking them, what is it that you really want out of this job? And if they say a paycheck, say, no, but why do you want that paycheck? To pay the rent, to have some extra spending money, to buy a car, to save up for college. And then we have the opportunity to help those employees learn how to build their savings solutions to make their dreams come true, not just collect a paycheck. Yeah, it's important, and it, and you know, it, it it's seen and it bears itself out in the results, right? Companies that treat their their employees well, treat their franchises well, tend to outperform. So, um, you know, that's really good stuff. Uh, and Danny Myers talked about a bit about you know what you're talking about, right? Like the emotional intelligence is what you hire for. Uh, the skills can be taught basically to anyone, right? You know, I, I mean, Danny's my hero. <laughs> to be honest with you. And of course, you know, I worked with uh, Howard Schultz for six years. Um, and, and, and he had a lot, you know, to teach and to learn about that. And I like to think that, you know, between those two guys, um, the books have been written. Uh, we just have to learn how to adapt them. That's great. Uh, what's your biggest opportunity for top line growth? Is it um, you know, building more stores, I mean, or do you feel like there's significant room to grow same store sales? What, what are you looking at right now? So I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, look, without a doubt, I mean, we're in the franchise business first and foremost. And, uh, and, 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 and I told you about my company own store plan. I mean, yes, adding more units is definitely gonna, you know, be an accelerator, especially at our size with 330 stores, right? If we can get back to 40, 50, 60 new units per year, I mean, that's tremendous opportunity for us. 
But let's talk about in-store top-line growth. You know, a lot of folks, you know, are looking at the fourth quarter here and believing that uh, based on the current situation, and by the way, do not dismiss what's going to happen with the student loan repayment programs that are coming up. Um, it is going to significantly diminish the amount of available spending dollars for that generation. And, and, and they may choose to eat out less, right? There's a striking balance between, um, between the equations of opportunity and value. And Blaze has not traditionally been a brand that has done a lot of discounting because of the value of what we're offering. But the opportunity to increase the number of visits for our customers and our fans, if we can show them opportunities to come to Blaze when they haven't traditionally. So that probably means, Mike, looking at things like, you know, something that we're offering special on Tuesday. We recently ran a Kids Eat Free on Tuesday. And suddenly Tuesday night became a family event, right, in all of our stores. Um, we only ran that in August, but we're learning. And we're mm -hmm. going to continue to seek opportunities to create new value for customers to come to us in non-traditional moments. In addition to that, we've got some menu expansion opportunities, right? New reasons to add attachment onto the pizza that you're buying and new reasons to come to Blaze Pizza because we have non-carb orientated product offerings. I can't tell you anymore, but it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, the, the, so we just wrote a um, pretty big piece uh, about um, industry sales and the uh, economic indicators that we follow. And, you know, we were talking about student loans and it's, you know, I think there's 30 million people paying on average $400 a month. I mean, you do that math, that's a lot of money getting sucked out of uh, discretionary spending. So yeah, that's something we're watching pretty closely. Um, and you know, I, I think what you're doing makes a lot of sense. Leveraging the box and the labor that you already have in the store at slower days or times of the day um, has been successful for so many of the restaurant chains that, that we've covered over the years. Yeah, those are all good points, and feel free to send me any analysis that you have, by the way, on what we just talked about with the loan situation. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to do it. Um, and what about margin uh, expansion opportunities? You know, we have actually been quite fortunate this year. Um, we have an outstanding procurement uh, organization, and we have actually uh, saved um, for the entire system more than seven figures in cost of goods sold. Um, you know, and obviously there are things that are cyclical. Bacon right now is getting really expensive. Um, what was it, a year ago, chicken wings were really expensive. Um, and don't even, I'm so glad we weren't in the egg business, you know, uh, oh, yeah. 18 months ago. I mean, that, that, that was just nuts. And they're starting to poke their head up again. I know, I know. Um, Pork prices, you know, are, are, are up. Um, cheese has actually come down, right? Um, very strong uh, tomato harvest. 
Um, but prices on tomatoes um, for the last several years have been increasing. And so, look, rent, labor, cost of goods sold, right? Okay, rent's getting more expensive. Cost of goods sold, it's going to be cyclical. And I, I actually believe that we can expect, you know, patterns of the last 10 years to repeat themselves. Yeah. But labor is not getting cheaper, right? Labor is not getting cheaper. And the way you expand margins is by creating greater operational efficiencies, eliminating non-value-added labor in your stores. What are you doing that the customer doesn't want to pay for, right? What kinds of, you know, oh, we hand wash our dishes. Customer doesn't want to pay for you to hand wash your dishes. Just use a dishwasher, <laughs> right? Um, but that also includes, you know, the experience itself. And so right now, you know, every Blaze Pizza you go to, if you're not placing your order online, you're talking to a greeter. You're talking to several employees down the line. Are there new ways to do that, right? Of course, kiosks are here and here to stay, and we are experimenting with that. Um, but even in the pizza production, right, and tying loyalty back to, you know, remember when I mentioned to you, Hey, welcome back to Blaze Pizza, Mike. Would you like the Mike Special? Yes, I would. Well, guess what? If Mike wants the Mike Special, I've got the recipe. I don't have to hand him off to four or five people down the line asking him what protein he wants, what vegetable he wants, what sauce he wants, right? I take the order all at once, and that's going to create efficiency. For sure. Uh, are there any other tech upgrades that you're testing and implementing right now? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I obviously have a lot of experience with loyalty, um, uh, having been the head of strategy for Starbucks and their app and their world class and they're one of the best. Yeah. Nobody um, does it better. Nobody does it better. Loyalty apps are often when you have a high frequency of customer visit, right? Where loyalty struggles is if your average customer only comes to you two or three times a year. And when the value of that loyalty, and by the way, you know, 7 to 12% is pretty much industry average of what the discount value is from a loyalty program. So just to make the math easy, let's call it 10%. Okay, so that means one out of every 10 visits, I earn enough to get something free. Well, if that something free is only worth $10, do I want to hold on to an app for three and a half to four years? so that I get a $10 value <laughs> doesn't make yeah. any sense, right? And so companies that don't have high value in their rewards and have low frequency of visit are not the ones who are winning in loyalty programs. They're the ones who are struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to seek opportunities to make it a more frictionless loyalty program, right? And that may mean a loyalty program that does not require you to have the app downloaded on your phone. I know Smart. who you are through other means. Yeah. And every time you come to Blaze, I'm not waiting for you to tell me you're a loyalty member. I get to tell you that you are, and here's the reward for being that, right? And surprise and delight you each time. So yes, we are seeking that out. We're also seeking new operating equipment, right? Yes, we are at 180 seconds to make a pizza. I want to be faster. I want to be faster than that, right? I want to be able to produce more. 
I want to be able to produce more product with greater consistency, looking at new oven technology. Um, we are also looking at new technology in the stores to help track customer um, experience. Are they loving it? Are they liking it? Are they going to leave it or do they hate it? Right? Like, what does that look like? Um, uh, on, on our web, um, we are looking at new web capabilities that will allow us to engage more uh, personally uh, with guests who come and visit us. Uh, new technologies in sharing with you information about the status of your order when you place it for either pickup or delivery. And it's not that we are creating anything new. We know what the great experiences look like, right? Just look at Domino's as an example. It's actually fun to know where your order is. And they actually tell you the name of the person who's putting it in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot, and 2024 is going to be a big year for Blaze Pizza in the um, IT department. Let's just say that. All exciting stuff. Yes, sir. Um, so I got one last question for you. What are your biggest concerns right now? My biggest concerns. Uh, you know, it's not my controllables, Mike. Right? It's not the things that I know I can do. It's the things that concern me that I can't control. And that includes, you know, we talked about soft landing in a recession. I hope so. Um, we talk about continued inflation. Most recent data is showing that inflation is slowing faster in grocery stores than it is in the restaurant yeah. industry. Right? We've seen this in the past where consumers choose to do more at home versus do more in the restaurant. Um, continued guest experience, um, in-store versus out-of-store. I still think Blaze Pizza, its best winning formula is when you come into the store and you create Mike's specialty, right? And you get to watch that pizza being made and fired up in 180 seconds and handed to you and it's joyful. Um, if we end up, you know, with another 2000 and 20 situation and customers and guests decide that they don't want to have that in-store experience, we have to be able to adopt even faster. So it's the non-controllables, Mike, that concern me the most. For sure. All right. Thanks again, Beto. That was fun. Uh, where can the audience go to find a nearby Blaze Pizza, find some information, uh, financial information maybe for franchisees and, and what social media platforms is Blaze big on? Absolutely. Okay, so www.blazepizza.com. You can go in there and actually find our store locator so that you can find a store nearest you. You can also place your order directly on the web or feel free to go to the Apple or Google App Store and download our app and then you'd have it on your phone. In addition, onto the Blaze Pizza uh, website, uh, there are links to actually go into franchising opportunities. Um, and so I encourage anyone who has any interest please do so. Reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to have you as part of the family. Very cool. And a uh, big thanks to the audience for tuning in. Uh, if you like the episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Uh, check back in a couple weeks for a discussion with Justin Rosenberg, the founder and CEO of HoneyGrow.
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.